Hi guys, welcome to a new episode of The View Podcast. I'm Akshara and I head customer marketing and growth at View.ai. Today, we'd love to welcome Maya Knights, the head of industry insight at Eagle Eye and an influential voice in global retail. Maya has over 18 years of experience as an analyst, a journalist, and an editor specializing in enterprise technology use in retail. She's actually spent most of her career reporting on the demands and challenges faced by retailers and how technologies can best support their needs in addressing you know, complex consumer expectations and behaviors. Welcome, Maya. We're so glad that you could join us on the podcast. Thank you so much, Akshara. I'm really pleased to be with you here today. Thanks. Great. And first off, I'd actually like to say congratulations. Um, you know, I just saw on Twitter that both your books, Omnichannel Retail and Amazon, um, currently listed as number one and number five books of 2019 by Book Authority. That's incredible. I'm sure you must be thrilled. So um, tell us what interested you about these topics. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think one, I think one is still number one and one is still number five. These things move so quickly. Um, but yeah, definitely the two books have attracted a lot of attention. They came pretty hot on the heels of each other. Amazon was released in January and Omnichannel Retail was released in April. Um, I did not write them together. I wrote them again, uh, very close to each other. And mm-hmm. I think the, the main um, reason behind wanting to write the books, uh, well, the, the first one, Amazon, really came out of my um, the last the time I've spent over the last sort of three or four years working as um, a research analyst and um, global technology research director at Planet Retail. Um, essentially, we as analysts um, in uh, looking at the retail industry from a market research perspective were being asked every single day by retailers and brands and in my case as well technology suppliers serving these uh, these sectors about Amazon what do I do about Amazon what's a p band how do I get um, how do I uh, improve improve my probability rating which is what that means um, and so I I and a former colleague of mine from Planet Retail, who was Global Industry Research Director at that time, Natalie Berg, um, decided to sit down and, 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 and sort of write a book that hopefully tries to answer some of the questions that businesses that have to either operate with or compete against Amazon um, want, want, want uh, answers to, some questions that they want answers to. Hot on the heels off of that, um, we realised that you know Amazon um, is at an inflection point in its history where it's actually almost reaching uh, a bit of a glass ceiling online and now actually right. wants to, um, to move offline. Hence the um, the acquisition of Whole Foods, which happened about three weeks after we had mm-hmm. the book um, the, the 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 book approved for uh, you know to go ahead and write it by the publisher. So we knew we were onto a good thing. We knew we our strategic view of Amazon's direction was was pretty much right. But after having written that book it left me asking where does that leave stores if amazon actually wants to move offline um does that put the role that 
the store-based physical sales channel has to play in today's um, retail channel mix in a different light. Um, And so I ended up co-writing a book um, with the subtitle um, How to Build Winning Stores in a Digital World with um, the CEO of my current company, Eagle Eye, Tim Mason. And um, Tim knows a bit a thing or two about running stores because he used to be deputy CEO of Tesco and he also knows about how to win and retain customers because as part of his um, role at Tesco, he um, launched the loyalty scheme, Cup Card, which is still one of the largest loyalty schemes in the world. So having looked at the online to offline world, omni-channel retail with Amazon, omni-channel retail kind of looks at the offline to online world. They're two sides of the same coin, really. Right. Um, And can you tell me, you know, can you tell me a little bit about the highlights of, um, you know, the Amazon book? You just, um, you just actually pointed out that it was for retailers who were sort of going up against Amazon. So what are some of the highlights that you talk about in that book that's important for retailers today? When I get asked about Amazon, the very first thing I always um, point to is that uh, like-for-like comparisons with Amazon aren't necessarily fair or correct. Um, Natalie, uh, my co-author, and I concluded that Amazon is actually a technology company first and a retailer second. And uh, I think to the retailers reading the book, wanting to know about Amazon, that does not necessarily mean that they, uh, they, it doesn't mitigate or or negate the need to to compete with and also potentially work with Amazon, but it does put um, their skill set and their expertise in in a, diff- in a different context, a context where hopefully retailers can understand that there are the merchant curation smarts that they take for granted as core to their business that now need to right. be married with the smarts that they could actually learn from and use from, from Amazon. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Maya, we're looking at, you know, try before you buy buy online and pick up in store, Uh, there's curated in-store experiences that completely transport people from their typical shopping environment to a different world, you know, like um, Story, 4510, and a couple of other companies have really tried to make an effort to create these experiences or what we call experiential retail today. So what kind of store concepts do you see um, sort of shaping up in the next couple of years? I think store concepts... That, that are being developed and will be developed in the next couple of years will definitely centre on um, experience, as you say. But I think s- retailers are right to be wary of store concepts that um, that are gimmicky. I think the, the, the any new concept has to fit with the existing business model. It has to... Um, provide a seamless experience Um, and that's part of I think this whole uh, trend towards talking about experiential retail I think we've got to fold into that the painful friction points of retail and that by removing those from the store um, experience you're making the overall customer experience um, uh, net positive as opposed to net negative I remember back to um, 
the concept store that uh, Levi's launched with Hoynter, as an example, um, as it was a pop-up, it was a concept, so I don't think it, um, it doesn't exist anymore. But um, you could see how Levi's was experimenting with a, a, a store where there was no inventory on the shop floor, um, except for uh, uh, samples in, in one standard size. The inventory right. was all in the back room. Um, it made for uh, a much brighter area, um, uh, a spacious store where um, assistants could consult with with customers. I think human interaction and experiences have to be very, very important in the con- uh, store concepts of the future from an experience perspective um but but you you would go in choose your je- um, pair of jeans and order up a sample to try on and the sample would drop through a chute in the dressing room once you'd arrived to try it on so you can see how that kind of a store concept benefited Levi's um f- uh, from a business model perspective so it could run perhaps a leaner inventory um, in the back of that store, but also benefited the customer experience in terms of making for uh, a a much less pressured sales environment, a much more pleasant, um, spacious environment with room to breathe and room to to browse. Um, Other store concepts, I think, are going to use technology to really bring products to life. I think Story is a great example there that you've already cited. But really, I would advocate overall that that uh, retailers look at how to use technology to smooth the customer experience, make sure that they the customer is focused on enjoying, trying, experiencing the goods rather than paying for the goods, obtaining the goods, finding the goods, um, exposing online inventory, sorry, exposing um, store inventory online so that I can browse your inventory before I come into the store, making an appointment if I need some consultation so that I don't have to wait to find a member of staff once I make a visit, incentivizing me to make that visit with a promotion, and then smoothing the sales process by allowing me to maybe pay um pay scan and pay on my own mobile and leave obviously none of these uh ideas are gonna suit every single sector Um, scan and pay is going to be more popular in grocery for example but at the same time i might want to engage via my mobile to see inspiration in a fashion retailer for example so i know um there's uh, been a lot of work done by RFID enabling uh, garments, whether it's the garments themselves or the hangers, and then linking that to digital screens. I think a further step should be to link that to my mobile phone. If I want to pull that content down to my mobile phone, rather than wait in a line to access digital signage to see how this looked on the catwalk or how this might be merchandised to me via my own personal preferences, I might want to do that through the mobile phone. So there's lots of things. I think the main points are to link it back to online and use the mobile wherever possible to um, join up the online journey to the offline journey and increase the amount of utility and relevance and speed and convenience you bring into the store experience from a digital standpoint. Right. Um, You know, you talked about Levi's. Do you have any other sort of brands that you've seen kind of do this well? 
Um, so Burberry is a, is a well-known one that's been doing this for a while. Their flagship store in London um, was the first place I saw these RFID-enabled hangers. And I know a lot of lux- other luxury uh, fashion retailers have um, taken on board a similar um, approach to merchandising to sort of digitally extend their merchandising in that way. Um, another clever example was a trial of beacons um, in mannequins that uh, allowed customers to again see um, more merchandising suggestions um, and recommendations um, when their mobile phones were enabled when they passed a, a relevant mannequin. Um, off the top of my head in fashion, I think what I'm seeing generally are, are, are retailers that are, are looking to use the art of digital, as it were, to, to bring the, the products and clothes um, that they're selling to life in the store, maybe also extend some of the digital content that they develop for online into the store, um, make that content work harder from an online to offline standpoint. Um, specific names at the moment escape me, but I know I've cited a couple there that have been around for a while, and I know that there are others that have copied um, copied those 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 uh, those approaches as well. Um, you know, you talked a lot about experiences, Maya. So in this age of experiential retail, and the fact that um, consumer needs are constantly evolving. What is that perfect mix of omni-channel for brands to understand their customers better? Or is there a perfect mix at all? I think there's a perfect mix um, from sector to sector. And then that's individual from retailer to retailer. Um, I think that perfect mix has to truly reflect the mix of channels that your consumer, that your customer is using. So if your customer is doing 90% of their browsing online and doing the final sort of discovery and purchase phases of their shopping journey in stores, I would make sure that the search, browse and discovery phases of, of that journey are well catered to online and that the um, discovery and purchase phases are even better catered to in store and to specifically um, focus on joining up the discovery and um, purchase phases online to the store. Um, I really think retailers need to use the digital breadcrumbs that consumers leave as well as those elements of their personal information that they knowingly share with retailers to understand their their customers' shopping journeys better and tailor their total offer accordingly. Um, I think that is very much the case for fashion retailers in the sense that the shift has been very much to online with the final um, phases being in the store. Um, We talk a lot about in omnichannel retail, for example, how to combat showrooming where um, where the customer is trying the products on in your store, but then doing a price comparison before they go leave the store and buy it from your cheapest competitor online. Um, I think there's something to be said for trying to save the sale. I think, again, human interaction is going to be absolutely key for that. Having a well-trained store associate who's able to say this looks that looks great on you have you thought about adding this 
that's maybe armed with a mobile device so that I, they, they can take that payment there and then. Because from the moment you leave the changing room to the moment you join the end of the queue to the moment you, you actually yeah. reach the you could change your mind. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's happened to all of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So equally, why not, if they do end up changing their mind, incentivize them to still save the sale by getting them to buy something in store or reserving to collect it in store? I think the the root of omnichannel comes from the fact that customers are channel blind. And I think retailers really have to start operating in, in a similar, similar way that takes account of the fact that I might start my journey online, but want to end it in your store. But that might, that might be a halfway point for me. Once I'm in your store, I might decide I want to extend that journey back into the, um, back into my own home. And uh, retailers have to be able to try and capture and infer the purchase intent and react to it um, appropriately with a relevant offer, um, regardless of the channel, um, uh, digitally um, using, you know, digital di- digital inference, I suppose, um, to be able to join up that uh, that view of my journey from online to offline and back again. Um, For grocery, I'd just quickly say, you know, I think by contrast, uh, the a lot of people will a lot of customers, consumers still want to touch and feel their fresh produce, for example. So maybe that the browsing and discovery phases of that of a of a typical food journey, food shopping journey um, take place more often than not in a store rather than online. And so I think the channel mix in terms of how you're enabling that shopping journey, how you're incentivizing that shopping journey, and also how you're tracking it and reacting to it from a relevancy perspective needs to shift accordingly. Right. Um, I think, I think you know, what you're saying about all these different touch points um, a customer has, so whether they're making a decision online at, or at the store or going back home, there's that entire journey and there's so many touch points for a brand to connect with a customer so in this whole journey um where does technology fit in you know where does something like ai fit in um does it you know because it helps it kind of helps people understand what uh, the customer wants based on you know their browsing history or their style profile or their user preferences so can you tell me what your views are on that yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with it. everything you've said there, Shara, and would only amplify and echo it. I mean, going back to your um, one of your other questions about um, the Amazon book, um, I said, you know, Amazon is a technology company in a, uh, first and a retailer second. I think as we've embraced technology, that's given it an advantage because it's been able to revolutionize how we buy from Amazon. Amazon you could buy anything and everything so when you really when when you look at a a traditional retailer who has traditionally focused on what they sell us what we're what they enable us to buy I really think technology has the opportunity to revolutionize how they um how they enable us to buy from them and that's where technology really has a huge huge role to play in terms of joining up the um the experience that we have and embrace and want more of online um back to the store to ensure that the store maintains its relevance um offline um i think i've often also said that um you know retailers aren't are no strangers to 
automating their business processes, we would not have the size of retailers globally that we do today were it not for technology enabling them to do business at scale and at speed. Um, some basic examples are the barcode, um, you know, f- in terms of how key it's been to standardizing supply chain processes. Completely. Point of sale systems in terms of automating the transactional checkout process. Um, arguably, retail stores don't exist if it weren't for their points of sale, because they couldn't prove that they were making or taking any money if it weren't for their points of sale linked back to their head offices. And I really advocate for retailers to kind of take a leaf out of Amazon's book and start to move beyond just automation to giving some of these systems a certain level of autonomy. And I think that's really where artificial intelligence has a role to play in terms of allowing a retailer to run systems in an autonomous way and managing by exception. It's only by doing, by approaching uh, the use of technology from a strategic standpoint in this way that I think that we'll be able to reach that um, goal or vision of being able to treat each customer as an individual, uh, being able to react on the fly with the next best message or the next best offer. I think Amazon's kind of shown retailers the way in terms of recommendations engines and review ratings and review systems. But AI has the opportunity to ter- really turbocharge those kinds of capabilities and make sure that um, anytime you engage with your customer digitally, that it, you're doing so with the most relevant, the most persuasive incentive and offer um, and, and even just a piece of content when, you're, when you engage with them. Um, AI has the ability, in short, to to add that that speed and reach to the scale um, that they that they already take for granted with their um, automated technology computing systems. Have you seen anything brands have done with AI that's really impacted their businesses, or there's been tangible value? Yes. So from a customer facing standpoint, I think some of the work that um, companies such as your own um, have been doing around reverse image search is really, really clever. I think it it kind of clever in the sense that it allows the customer, the technology behind it, powering reverse image search, allows the customer to customize their own experience. So they take a picture of something they want to find uh, to buy that's similar. And but that would not be possible without um, the, the the capabilities, the number crunching capabilities of big data married with AI, married with cloud computing. Um, I think in the back office, and so you know, you've seen IKEA, for example. We talk about fashion, but IKEA has had a huge amount of success with its app um, introducing reverse image search. It's also introduced. Um, Augmented reality for being able to see products in place might be a little bit more of a tall order from a fashion perspective. But I think 
AR has really has a, a huge amount of potential in terms of allowing fashion retailers to design an offer that um, incentivizes the customers that they that they seek. Um, not serial returners, but a customer that is willing to use the technology to make sure that they get the right size the first time and so deal with um, uh, the, the, the reverse logistics, the cost of uh, and burden, cost burden of reverse logistics. Wow, um, that was amazing. In fact, I really think that we're starting to see a lot of use cases of AI in retail and AI in fashion specifically. So that was very, very insightful. Thank you. Um, you know, that actually brings us to the end of our podcast. I had a wonderful time chatting with you about your books and, um, you know, AI and new store concepts in fashion and how brands can start thinking a lot more about how they should be building stores and experiences. Um, you know, I wish you continued success on your books and thank you for sharing your views on all things retail. Thank you, Akshara, for having me. I really enjoyed our discussion. I think we covered a huge amount there. I just only hope that your listeners found it useful. Thanks for the opportunity again. We're in a time when retail is constantly changing. It's almost safe to say that we're in the age of experiences and experiential retail where nothing else matters except how a consumer feels. Um, and to understand why these experiences are important, why they're working, and what makes them unique, tune into our blog at view.ai to get expert opinions, case studies, and views of leaders that are changing the game in retail. Until then, we'll see you on our next episode. Bye-bye.